Next on BYU Sports Nation, final preparations for Cougar Camp All-Access in 2014. What are the three biggest questions entering BYU football fall camp? Former NFL linebacker and BYU TV analyst David Nixon will join us live. Plus the head coach of the Utah State Aggies, Matt Wells, on the rivalry with BYU and Heisman hype in Logan. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation back to work on your radio, television, and other media machines presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Monday, July 28th. We are one week from August. My name is Spencer Linton. I'm teamed up with Cosmo the Cougars legal guardian, Jerem Jordan. Sure, whatever, man. Okay, walking into the stu- walking into the studio. I I got chills thinking about the fact that BYU practices this week. Seriously, we're talking about practice, but I'm still very excited because we've had so many questions related to this team. And finally, they officially all step out onto the field as a unit. A lot of questions, which is our Twitter question today, which we'll get at in a minute, related to this team. But a lot of excitement. I think increased talent level. And uh, when you, whenever you return the quarterback and the main running back, that's exciting. Actual football. Sort we're, of, we're talking sort of. about actual people on a field okay, yeah. throwing a football around. <laughs> and it is just practice. But, but, <laughs> so what? But there's no game, so it's like the game. You know, it's like, oh my gosh. There is a game, a football game on Saturday, the NFL Hall of Fame game. Buffalo Bills, New York Giants. It means absolutely nothing. Except that football will happen every weekend from this Saturday until February. Yes, that is a great thing. <laughs> That is it's a been wonderful so long. Thing. Hey, it's only fair that uh, we let you, uh, we we let Brian Logan storm in here and act like he was going to hijack the show. No, you're you're back. That's every time he's here. You're back. He he dared call it a beat Jerem Friday and said he was going to catch you on Twitter. Listen, I don't want to make this about Brian and I because you don't want to keep score, Brian. <laughs> you don't. Let's make it about BYU Sports Nation. Listen, follow at BYU Sports Nation. We hit 2,500 the other day. Followers on Twitter. Keep it going. Get your grandma on Twitter. Let's go. Use the hashtag BYUSN. BYUSN. Uh, follow at Brian Logan 7 Follow at Spencer underscore Linton. Follow at Jerem Jordan. Like, we're going to bring you the goods. Now, if Brian wants more followers, he needs to tweet about BYU football. Like, he's got great insight, but he doesn't tweet very much. Brian, tweet more, and people will love it. They will eat it up. Hey, nice uh, shot on Twitter at Brian with the, the backup quarterback theme. Hashtag Christian Stewart. That was uh, yeah. that was well played. Message received. Wherever, however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. You can join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN with today's Twitter question. What is the biggest question about BYU football as the team opens uh, camp this week? Use the hashtag BYUSN. We've already heard from ESPN's Trevor Maddich on Twitter. A lot of you already. Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Daddio underscore seven opens our Twitter responses today. Can Taysom Hill become an elite passer? Also, can Bronson Kafusi truly play outside linebacker and cover the flat? Kelly Papinga joined us and said his speed and covering are not a concern for Kelly. Like that. So we'll, we'll get to more of that. Now, my friends, we remind you that we're simulcast in beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. It is a Monday. Football is back. Do you need any other reason to rise and shout? It's time for What's Trending. What's trending in BYU Sports Nation? Topic one. The biggest questions ever. Okay, maybe not ever. 
But fall football camp opens this week for the BYU Cougars. Yeah, Friday. Yep, I'm going to rephrase Thursday. that. They practice Friday. We have yet to get the schedule, by the way, for the practice to schedule our lives around that. Whitney, you know what I'm talking about. BYU football camp <laughs> opens no. this week. Breaking news, Jerem. There are a million questions surrounding BYU football as we approach camp. Okay, I say that half-jokingly because that we've it addressed, seems that way every year. Yeah, that we've addressed for some time now, but now we'll finally get some sort of answers to, right? We've talked about Devon Blackman's speed. We'll see how fast he is on Friday. We've talked about Jordan Leslie, how good of a receiver is. We'll get a taste of that on Friday. We're not privy to uh, you know the practices that they haven't had with BYU, right? They've thrown informally. Now it's official this week. In all seriousness, what are the biggest question marks? We've narrowed it down to the big three. Number one, Taysom Hill. And we've talked about this ad nauseum. His emergence as a passer. The improvement of starting year one to now starting a full season, a second season. Okay, we'll get to more of that with David Nixon in about 15 minutes on what to expect from Taysom. Number two is the 2014 offensive line. Ten returning starters. Phil Steele said that this is the strongest position group returning at BYU. I still can't That's get over crazy. that. I still don't agree with it until I no, see it. No, I don't agree with it, and I probably won't agree with it this whole season. Listen, BYU can be better, but I don't think they'll be better than the running backs. No. This is where Trevor Maddich sounded off today on Twitter. The secondary, with its questions, will be better than the O-line, I think. That doesn't mean the O-line can't be good enough to do what BYU needs them to do. Who's the best offensive lineman on BYU's team? I don't know. I just want the group to be great. BYU, I, don't, I don't know if BYU has an NFL guy in next year's draft on this line. That doesn't matter. But can they be good? Surely they be they'll better? be improved. Surely they'll be improved. I don't see any yeah. scenario where they are they'll not be, better than they were last of course year because they'll be better. of the amount of... Guys that have experience coming back. And just just being year two, they know what kind of offense they run. It's not brand new, and it's not like this really fast, hurry up, get the playoff more than get the yards kind of mentality initially. Is it a platoon effort like it was last year where you just plug and play? I, I think that's a bad thing, honestly. Like, how, how many is too many? We talked about what's too tall for Corbin Kafusi to play football. What's too many with an offensive line? I I don't know what the exact number is, but I think that 11 guys starting is too much. Well, if you have like five guys get hurt, that's the case. BYU didn't have five guys get hurt. They just had to figure out who, was, who were the guys. And they will hopefully have figured those things out by the time fall camp opens up. This group is, yeah, it's different than the last because they've been here. They have a healthy Tooney Knooch, who, according to Ed Fusi, is the strongest guy on the team. Yeah, and... Uh, Ului Lapuahu off a mission. He's had six months to get ready. Bronco Mendenhall hyped him up. Bronco doesn't hype a guy if he doesn't think that he's legit. He spent more time talking about Ului and what he expects from him than, than any, other, any other player. Not Troy Hines, uh, stud linebacker, not anybody. You know, Trey Dye, freshman receiver, you know, all that. So what can those guys do? Riker Matthews, will he start? He started, what, every game two years ago and then last year kind of got hurt. Uh Will yeah? Will he be a backup on this team? I mean, I think there's been some improvement. Surely on the, on the there's been improvement from two years ago to now. The biggest of the three question marks for us: the wide receiver depth chart. Mm. BYU loses their all-time leading receiver in Cody Hoffman, and all of the numbers that go along with that. Who are they bringing back? Who's coming back for BYU? At wide receiver. That brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Yes, it is. 24 
Jack Bauer. Nope. BYU returns 24% of its catches from wide receivers. 24%. So that doesn't include running backs, tight ends, or anyone else that caught a pass. So six receivers caught a pass last year. You'd think that number would be higher. You throw in tight ends, running backs, all that. Cody Hoffman, Skyler Ridley, J.D. Falslove, your top three receivers. Gonzo. The three that returned, Mitch Matthews, Ross Oppo, and Kurt Henderson. I asked you this this morning. Ross Oppo, how many catches do you think he had last year? This blew my mind. 14. I thought he would have had 30 or 40. He had 14. Underdeveloped talent in Ross Oppo. I don't know if he gets it this year. I hope so. I think he's a stud physically. Let's see if he can do something. But it's the new guys, Spencer, that are going to have the biggest impact. Don't forget about the existing guys, but the new receivers. Let me start with this one. Michael Davis. Switched from cornerback. He's going to play receiver. Maybe the fastest guy on the team, we're yeah, told. Jamal by Williams. Multiple people. Jamal Williams said he's probably the fastest guy on the team. Keanu Nelson from Stanford. What will he do? Not sure. But these three guys look to have a big impact. Jordan Leslie, Devon Blackman, Nick Kurtz. That group is an upgrade in just pure talent. But we don't know. But will they be better? Yeah. We we'll don't see. know. I like the prospect of them versus last year's receivers more. I I like guys like Skyler Ridley and BYU's program. Ascend, they have one really good year, make an impact. Yeah. That's great. I don't think that BYU wants to be in a position where Skyler Ridley is your second leading receiver. I think you want to be in a position where he, he's your fourth or fifth, where you have a couple other guys stretching the field and doing that. That's not a knock on Skyler. That's a knock on the group of receivers. I think BYU can do, do better. Who's going to start? That, for me, is such an intriguing question. At the wide receiver position. Who, who are going to be the guys that trot out on the field against Connecticut for the first time with Taysom Hill as the starters? I want to know what the first play is because it's probably a handoff to Jamal up the middle. But I would, I would like it to be a bomb <laughs> to Devon Blackman. That's what I want really bad. You know, you talk about I, – I think the guy that, uh, that could surprise a lot of people, and, and you mentioned his name, Michael Davis. Yes. Because of his speed. He and the fact spring. that he's, he's been around the program – for a while now, and he had a great spring. Had yeah. a huge, uh, had a six-yard catch or something in the spring game. Will he be the guy that everyone's like, oh, yeah, okay. No one's talking about him. And Maybe so, he doesn't want to be talked about. Right. So three returning guys uh, that caught passes, receivers. And then we've added a list of uh, six guys. Man. So, so nine receivers. Last year, only six caught a pass. And how much are they going to use the receivers? Because it was a, it was a running team School last year record, for BYU. Yeah. Yep. They went out and got all these guys. Is there going to be an added emphasis? Are they, going to tr- are they going to try and throw the ball more, or are they just looking for that when they throw the ball, they want it to yeah. be more explosive? I think it's that because you lost your top three, so you need, to, you need to bring in some guys. And they brought in guys that can replace those guys. Cody Hoppin led the team with 57 catches. I mean, someone can do that. What is the biggest question about BYU football as the team opens camp this week? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Trevor Maddich says... Will the offensive line, well, actually, this is from at Tasha Lynn. She said, will the O-line live up to the hype? And she included Trevor Maddich. And he said, in response, not hype, hope. Trevor Maddich saw the tweet and then quoted him. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Not hype, hope. That's interesting. He's big on BYU's O-line. At I do rock the Y. Biggest question for this season is, will the blue zone efficiency improve? First off, it's a red zone. Until now. it becomes at least like 60% or 70%. <laughs> That's a big question. I mean, with the same group last year, if BYU had been better there, there may be a 10-win team. 
at Elko Cougar. How quickly can the bevy of new receivers Mm -hmm. learn the go fast, go hard, and mesh with Taysom Hill? That's a big question because they just, they, I mean, only Nick Kurtz of these newcomers and Michael Davis was here. The other three guys need to have the next couple of weeks formally do that. They've been throwing with Taysom the past couple weeks. Devon Blackman, Jordan Leslie, Keanu Nelson. I'm not sure if he's here yet or not. I think maybe a couple weeks ago. It's a short amount of time. Like they have like a month and then they go. Tomorrow, a month from tomorrow, BYU plays Connecticut. That's crazy. What? A month from One tomorrow. One month. Devon Blackman, by the way, is super high on the receiving group. He's tweeted about that more than a few times. Yeah. About how how excited he is about the talent and the possibilities that are here at BYU. I know. Huge question mark. Pumped about these guys. You know what? I don't have a question mark about anymore. Hmm. Do we have a podcast? We have a podcast. I was gone, and all of a sudden, we have a podcast. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's all we needed just for you to leave. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, that's great. We've been uh, hoping for this, so this, this is awesome. Subscribe on iTunes. The Orlando Sentinel, by the way, ranking college football teams, BYU at number 30. Where will they be when the AP and coaches polls come out? And what's David Nixon's list of big questions heading into fall camp? We'll ask him next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B at BYU Broadcasting. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. And regulators, mount up! That's exactly right. We were just listening during the break to some NFL film soundtrack. <laughs> I got the chance to go to NFL Films last year and saw like the, uh, the studios? studio where they uh, yeah. record the music and stuff. I was like... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, we have a podcast now. You can download us. So before it was just stream, video or audio, right? That's great. You can download it now. Subscribe on iTunes to our podcast. Uh, go to podcast and then search for BYU Sports Nation or just click on the link that we'll tweet out. It's amazing how easy it is to use. Like I've, Subscribe. I've, li- yeah. You can, you can uh, I do this with the Dan Patrick Show. I'll listen to it on 2X, you know, twice as fast. Half the time, baby. <laughs> it was hard at first. Is that enjoyable? I, someone on our crew, Matt Hume, one of our students, he listens to book audiobooks on three times the speed. How can you understand <laughs> anything? Two two X, yes. I can understand all of it. But three X. You'd be surprised. People speak pretty slow in real life. Is that enjoyable though? Yes. Just two times the speed? Yes, because I consume it in half the time. <laughs> you need some more time on your hands, brother. You got to no. listen to a podcast two times the speed, the regular speed. No, no, I have more time because I listen to it in oh. half the time. Do you understand the math? You're trying to cram more the time into math? your life. Not cram, just go. <laughs> Fair enough. My passion bucket is full. I like it. What's the biggest question about BYU football as the team opens camp this week at Fin Daddy eighty one? Will Taysom Hill's accuracy improve this year, and how will these new wide receivers produce? That's two. Uh, on the count of that the wide receivers yes. are at least part of the biggest question. And Taysom, I think, t- uh, if you said what's the number one question, I think Taysom Hill's passing progression would be right at the top. What did the Manning Passing Academy do? He hit golf carts. Surely that means he's over 60%. Right, Jeremy? Huh. I bet you David Nixon knows what's up. <laughs> Joining us now is David Nixon. And, David, we're going to start with the Twitter question. What are your biggest question marks for BYU football as the team opens camp this week? Oh man, I think there's there's a few a uh, few intriguing things that we have to look at. Um, uh, you know, everyone keeps mentioning Taysom's, uh, you know, passing efficiency things like that. But I really think it comes down to the trenches. I, I think you got to look at both the offensive line and defensive line. And I, obviously, you know, the cliche is 
everything starts down the trenches and um, you know that, that's where the true foundation is of, of both offense defense side of the ball but I really do believe last year with kind of the shuffle of the offensive line and how poor they played which once again I think led directly to Taysom's inability to uh, maybe have a higher passing completion percentage um, but uh, I think it starts with the line and if they can come together once again there's guys that last year had quality reps um, now they're second year underneath and I they understand the offense uh, if they can really come together this year as an offensive unit, uh, as an offensive line, I, I think there's some special things. I mean, you look at the names. Uh, you've got Wesley, Yek, Fusi, Kersley, uh, Matthews. I mean, these are guys that got some uh, good quality time. I, I think that, um, you know, I think everyone's expecting big things from them this year. Uh, and if they, if they can shore up that offensive line and, and provide a pocket for Taysom, I think you're going to see, you know, a direct result with with a whole percentage going up, taking uh, completion percentage going up. Yeah, you assume they'll get better just because uh, ten guys that started a game come back. That's not even how many guys played in a game per se. So that number would be even higher, you'd think. But the the question, David, for me is just because it's year two of the offense and they know what to expect in the body type and they've been able to shape themselves in the off season. They should be ready to rock this year, as opposed to last year, was which was what the heck's going on in the first game and we're trying to go so fast, I think that adjustment period's over, right? Yeah, I think so. And you're right. I think last year we saw it happen a lot where there were, where there were obviously gaps in the offensive line. I think they understand really their past responsibilities as far as uh, you know dropping, dropping back uh, as a unit together. I think there were holes in that offensive line where uh, the rush defense was able to get in there and, and, and create and wreak havoc and, and flush, taste him out of the pocket. Um, and, and so I think there was kind of some miscommunication going on. But you're right; they, they had the entire off season. They've now got a year underneath their belt, and, and believe it or not, the confidence that they now have, uh, knowing that they've all played together, they can they know what the, the guard or the tackle next to them is going to be doing. Um, they're all on the same page. I mean, just the confidence level uh, usually is, is is a huge boost uh, for, for those guys uh, because off the line, you all have to be on the same page. Obviously, if there's one of you, one of them that are not then the defensive line or linebackers, whoever it is, is going to find that crease and they're going to exploit it. So um, with the offensive line being on the same page this year, and I, I know Coach 2J is doing a great job down there getting those guys ready, I'm excited to see how they gel together. And I think you're going to see an offensive uh, scheme and an offensive attack that looks completely different than uh, from last year. David Nixon played four seasons in the NFL as a linebacker, was at BYU from 03 till 2008, and is now working as a BYU TV sports football analyst. David, 10 different starters on the offensive line is a ton. In the go-fast, go-hard offense, is that the norm? Should we get used to that? Or do you think that we'll see more like five or six guys that will be the consistent starters? And what do you prefer? You know, I think you'll see those consistent five or six stars, but listen, there, there's never a bad thing about having too much depth, and especially in an offense like this where you are, it's a very fast-paced offense. You can sub those guys in and out. I mean, you look at defensively, D-line guys are always subbing in and out, so to have the luxury on the offensive side of the ball to have new, fresh legs coming in, um, that's, a, that's a great thing to have. So no, no doubt that uh, having that many guys that have that much experience is, is positive, and I think the most important thing is, is how have, having those 10 guys, it kind of breeds that uh, competitive nature where these guys are going to be going after each other come camp and everyone knows they're going to have to go out there each practice with their A game because they've got another guy who got plenty of time last year that's going to want to take his spot. So, um, you know, I, I think that's probably the most exciting part about it is 
uh, everyone's going to be pushing each other to get better each and every day, uh, which will only, once again, help that unit uh, come together and, and be a solid unit as it is. You mentioned the trenches and that importance. Uh, we talked about the offensive line. Let's talk defensive line. The BYU's defense is set up to where linebackers make the plays. There's not a gl- lot of glory in the defensive line. Um, but out of spring, BYU had Graham Rowley off a mission at left end, nose tackle Marcus Johnson, and then Remington Peck, Travis Tuiloma in the mix as well. Who do you see as the main dudes on the defensive line this year, David? Yeah, it's a great, great question, and I was thinking about that earlier. You look back in the last few years, and, and BYU's always kind of had that main man, right? The last few years was uh, Ethan Manamaluna. Um, previous to that, we, we, you know, you had Jan Jorgensen, Romney, Ziggy, F- yeah, R- Ziggy Romney Fuga. You, you had these names that were kind of the leader of that unit, and they were they were kind of the solid core foundation of that unit. This year, you look at it, and, and it will be interesting to see which which one of those three stars kind of emerges as the, as the leader for the defensive line. Because as of right now, you just mentioned we we got three big names that I, you know I think we'll all produce. But at the end of the day, you've got to have a leader, um, and you, you've got to have that go-to guy where you can kind of shift them around to different shades and techniques on the D line and have him kind of be versatile where he, he can play different positions. Um, and so who's it going to be? Is it going to be Marquise? Is it going to be Graham Rowley? Is it, is it going to be Remington Peck? I, I don't know, to be honest. I think that's one question that uh, will have to be answered here throughout camp um, is, is which, who's going to be the guy. Uh, and once again, I think that's one of the big question marks that going into fall camp about the D-line is, is, is who's going to step up. And, um, you know, obviously great talent, and, and they've got good depth there too, you know, working on that, and that's something that will be throughout camp, working on the depth there. But, uh, you know, I'm interested to see who, who emerges as a guy. If I had to take a pick right now, I, I'd probably go with Remington Peck, um, only because, uh, you know, his work ethic, I've, I've worked out with him personally, and he's, he's got a great work ethic, and he's, he's a great athlete, um, and he's got that leadership capability in him. Uh, but once again, it's, it'd be great to see those other guys emerge. David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation. The biggest question mark for Jeremy and I, and we discussed this at length at the top of the show, is the wide receivers. Who is going to start? They've brought in this wealth of talent. That's what we've been told all summer long is how amazing and how fast and how great these guys are. But who's going to start when they trot out on the field against Connecticut? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very intriguing question also, right? I, I think you know, it's one of those uh, answers that won't be able, we can't answer it until uh, – one of those questions we can't answer until really trot out against Connecticut because, once again, injuries happen every day in fall camp. Um, and then, once again, just similar to, to the offensive line, you've got these guys out there competing that, you know, you've got Blackman, you've got uh, Mitch Matthews. I mean, you've got uh, Jordan Leslie, you've got a wide array of, of receivers competing. Um, and you've got, you know, Kurt Henderson, guys who, who played last year. And, and so you've got a lot of depth. You've got some new, uh, newcomers. I mean, it's going uh, to be interesting to see who emerges. Ross Apple, you've got, you got guys coming off injuries that, once again, if, if everybody can be healthy, um, you'll have some guys that will be able to rotate through. And then at the same time, who's going to be the leader? Who's going to be the leader of the wide receiver core? Last year, obviously, you had Cody Hoffman. I mean, the guy set records. He was, he was the guy. So who's going to become the guy this year? My pick, and I've said before, is, is Mitch Matthews. I think uh, last year when he was healthy, he was a true producer, and he was a big, deep threat. And the fact that he was so big, he could separate himself from the defensive backs, uh, go up and grab the ball at his highest peak. I mean, the, the guy's an athlete. Uh, the biggest thing is, once again, just keeping him healthy. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Once again, it's great to have depth with these other newcomers and, and, and guys up and coming. Um, so that's never, that's never a bad thing, obviously. But uh, who's going to become the leader and who's going to become Taysom's go-to guy? Because at the end of the day, every quarterback has a go-to guy. 
and, and somebody has to emerge as that guy that when it's third and, and eight, third and nine, Taysom can look up the, this certain receiver, whoever it is, and he knows that he can throw a ball to him and this guy can separate himself, make a big catch, and get a first down. And uh, that's exactly what fall camp's for. Jerem Jordan used his mathematics and formulating awesomeness to come up with our stat of the day. 24% is all that BYU returns in terms of uh, the Catches from wide receivers. From wide receivers. 24%. Does that concern you at all that there is a huge gap to replace? Because I feel like people are like, oh, we're good. But are, are you concerned? Because that kind of well, concerns me. It, it does a little bit, but you got to remember, I mean, the majority of those catches work to Cody Hoffman, and, and, and uh, obviously whenever you got a guy graduate and leave, I mean, there's going to be a big gap there. Um, but just as every year, I mean, Austin Colley, I imagine when he was there, he was getting probably the same amount of touches as Cody Hoffman, and uh, when he left, there was probably a big discrepancy of that 75% or whatever it may, may be. But um, every year, guys have to step up, and, and, and guys have to become playmakers. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what these next few weeks are for. Coaches break down every single play of every single practice. They look at each player, you know, how their steps, how their feet were working, how their hands were working. I mean, they, they spend hours and hours breaking down the, the fine details of each player to make that educated decision uh, to, to see who starts and who's going to be the main contributor. So um, that's when you have to have faith in the coaching staff that they're going to continue to coach those guys up, get them better. And then once it does come time for Connecticut, that you'll have the best receivers out there on the field. Does Taysom want to run less this year, or was he okay with the amount of carries he had? You know, I, I, talking to him, I know he, his body took a, a beating. I mean, there, there's no question that when you're running that many times per game and you're getting hit that many times per, per game, your body's going to take a beating. I, I think he'd prefer to probably sit back a little more in the pocket, but once again, you look at last year and with the offensive line uh, problems that were with the breakdowns, it kind of forced him to, to kind of flush out of the pocket. So um, I, I'm confident this year those, those issues will kind of be behind and, and that offensive line, once again, will be able to kind of shore up and, and, uh, and be a one solid unit. But, uh, you know, I, I think Taysom's confident in the skills that if he does need to get on run, he, he'll run. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think, you know, he obviously has the capabilities to be a great passer. And if the, the offensive line can just give him a little bit more time, um, I think you'll see him become more of a pocket passer, uh, but, but at the same time an athlete who can definitely beat you with his legs. On a scale of 1 to 10, David Nixon, how excited are you that actual football is back beginning with the NFL Hall of Fame game this weekend? 12. <laughs> Just a 12? I, not higher? I, 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 I sat around this weekend with absolutely positively nothing to watch, and it was uh, it was it was tough. I, I you know I love golf, so I've been watching golf, but that's just not the same as watching football. So um, you know I, I, I'm more than excited for football to return. I can't believe it's honestly here. I was just uh, with Craig Bills yesterday, and we we're talking about how they're reporting this week. And I'm just blown away that this summer's already flown by, but I couldn't be more excited. It's uh, it's such a fun time of the year, and um, you know, I'm excited for BYU. They've got a great schedule lined up. I think if they can get off to a hot start, they, they could take that momentum and, and roll through the rest of the season. And uh, I'm excited about the guys that get to step up. I mean, this is what college football is all about. You've got turnover every year. You've got guys that graduate. And, uh, you know, this is the time that you prepare all summer, all, all winter for. And uh, now's the time to, re- you know, report to camp and go out there and show the coaches that you improved over these last few months and uh, you're ready to get out there on the field. David Nixon on BYU Sports Station. Great to have you with us, man. All right, guys. Take care. Do you rebuild or do you reload? BYU is hoping it's the latter, that they have reloaded and will only improve in 2014. Well, reloading from an eight-win team, I hope you build to 10 wins, right? Or 11. Let's get Why not 12? Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the head coach of the Utah State Aggies, Matt Wells, and on 
his Heisman Trophy candidate. This is Bronco Mendenhall, and this is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan broadcasting in Radio Vision. Translation, we're on BYU Radio, and you can watch the radio show simulcast Every weekday live on BYU TV. Absolutely. You can also watch different clips from the show on YouTube. Subscribe to that as well. YouTube.com slash BYU TV Sports. Interviews like the one with David Nixon we just did and the one we're about to do with Utah State head coach Matt Wells in a moment. We just released a brand new podcast on the iTunes store. You can also go to BYURadio.org and grab the RSS feed. It's about time and, oh, it's awesome. Uh, let's get to a tweet. At Together We Reach. Together We Reach. The biggest question is Phil Steele right now about... Uh, is he right about, is he the, right O-line? about the O-line? <laughs> we'll find out. Hashtag give Taysom time. Hashtag I will follow Brian if Jerem doesn't follow me. <laughs> Listen, I don't follow anyone on Twitter that doesn't bring the rain. You know, you got you to gotta bring it. So if I follow you, I got to see that you're bringing it. Otherwise, I'm not going to follow you. I don't, I don't do any like, follow me. And I'll follow you. Like, none of that. By the way... The you know who should do that? Brian Logan. Just follow everybody, yeah. and they'll follow you back. I That's ser- one way of doing it. I searched for Together We Reach on YouTube on, over the weekend, and it was not there. It Interesting. Was, it, it was not there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, uh, at Get High, and this is directed towards me, Spencer <laughs> Linton needs to try it before he knocks it. Podcast at two times yes. speed save you half the time. It does. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying I don't know if I would enjoy it, but no, I guess you're right. I should great. try it before I decide if I okay. Listen, pardon like the, it or not. Pardon the interruption. Not they they speak a little quicker. Will Will Bond gets going, so I have to go 1.5 on that. Seriously, uh, you yeah. have to go 1.5 on PTI, but I go 2x on the Dan Patrick Show. Do we talk fast enough that you need to go 1.5 on BYU Sports Nation? Probably not. Or you can you can go two times. Have you listened to us at double the speed? Yeah, I've listened to this to see what it sounded like. And how does it sound? Uh, it sounded great. We speak a little quicker than those guys. Okay. Our words per minute is higher. Listen, we run a fast offense here. <laughs> we want to score points. We don't care about time of possession. A one-hour show. How do you, Let's just score a How bunch. do you process the thoughts, though? Because like, if they say something like Let, th- remarkable or extraordinary, you're, then you're like, whoa, whoa, pause. No. What, what am I going to pause and like think about it and ponder and pray or something? Maybe. Like, just, I'm just listening to be entertained. You should try it. It's awesome. At Get High, you know what's up. <laughs> fine. Fine. Try, try it. it. You've convinced No, it's fun. It's fun. I will. I will do it. I'm going to try you that today. You don't have to. I'm just saying it's awesome. I'm going to try it today. Our Twitter question today is, <laughs> what is the biggest question about BYU football as the team opens camp this week? At Y for Life, mental toughness. Hmm. Can they be prepared to stop... One to two starts, win one and two starts, meaning one win and two losses, yeah. win the big games, get together, be dialed in together. They need to be. I mean, you go across the country. I know Connecticut's not the strongest team. Three-win team last year, figuring out who the quarterback is. They have issues. BYU should win this game. Guess what? BYU should have won the Virginia game last year. I realize Connecticut's not a P5. It's a little different. Virginia somehow gets a five-star recruit or two every year. That the guy, Gatorade Player of the Year. That guy is Quinn Blanding, a safety, by the way. I mean. Like, they're good. So, so then they play at Texas. There's big games on the schedule right away. Joining us now, the head coach of the Utah State Aggies, Matt Wells. He is the coach of a back-to-back bowl game winning team. 
Coach, the expedited turnaround in Logan for me has been one of the more intriguing stories in major college football. What changed within the Utah State program over the last five years to make this a now consistent winning football program? Well, I think, first of all, the credit has to go to Gary Anderson. Um, When he came here and and began to change the culture, um, I was a part of that for a couple years with him, but the culture changed from hoping to win to expecting to win. And it's not as easy as saying it. Um, it's harder to do, but there's been a complete buy-in from that locker room. And, and it's um, really it's it's been a, uh, a process that has gone um, more to a player-driven team. It's not a player-run team, but it's a player-driven team. And, and the leadership that comes out of that locker room is essential in our success and overcoming adversity like we had to last year in the middle of the year and a lot of those reasons. So to me, the credit goes to those kids in that locker room, but it's uh, something I think Coach Anderson started and um, we fed into it last year and continued it, but that's also the challenge for us is to continue it and tweak it and continue to take it to hopefully a higher level. And part of the, uh, I guess, the personified perception of Utah State football has been Chucky Keaton. When you have a good quarterback, it seems like the whole team seems to play a little bit better. He's had a major influence for sure. Obviously, the uh, the major knee injury last year. How does he look and feel right now going into fall camp here soon? Well, he looks good. He's been cleared. Um, and, and uh, you know, he moves around. I see him cutting off things in the office and around people at media day over some reporters in the lobby of that hotel in Las Vegas. Um, but I think he's going to be good. He's good mentally. I know one thing, they didn't hurt his mind and they didn't hurt his arm. And those are two of the three weapons that Chucky Keaton has that I think are elite uh, in college football right now. And, you know, the first part of your question that I think is um, – you know, cannot go unnoticed. It. I don't think it matters what level you're at. You better have an elite quarterback if you're going to win a lot of games. Yep. And it doesn't matter if you're at Logan Junior High, Logan High School, you know, <laughs> um, Utah State, or or in the NFL. Uh, you know, it's funny when I talk to NFL coaches, either during the hiring process or you know now in the summer. You know, as we have some time to reflect, and you talk to them, and you listen to them talk, all they talk about is a quarterback. Well. We got a quarterback. I got. We got a real guy. We got a chance to make the playoffs and get bonus money. You know, hmm. we got a chance to go the. You know, the the conference championship. I think if we get lucky and get a first round by, I hear NFL guys say it. I don't think it matters what level you're at. You get elite play out of the quarterback position. You got a chance to win every week. Chucky Keaton has now garnered and deservedly so some real Heisman Trophy hype. How has he handled that and the mental aspect that the expectations bring with it? Oh, really good. Um, and if and if he didn't or he couldn't, I don't think I you know I wouldn't approve those campaigns and stuff. The biggest thing about Chucky Keaton, the reason he can handle this, is because he's a selfless, really really humble human being. That you know one of our core values is to respect and care for my teammates, and that kid does it as good as anybody. And um, you know you'll hear him say and be quoted, but he really really means it. You know the Heisman campaign for him is is really cool. You know quite honestly. Uh, from an individual standpoint, but it's also given re- uh, props and reflection and, and I think um, attention to the team and the program and the symbol of uh, Utah State and Utah State football. And so for that reason, because I know he does everything he does from a training standpoint and a leadership standpoint, from a very humble team-first attitude, that's the reason that I think that this is a positive deal. 
If Chucky's healthy, do you want a redshirt Daryl Garrettson after going 6-1 and one as a starter for Chucky uh, off the bench last year? Um, that's a hard question to answer right now today. I mean, yeah, you you would from the back end, but, you know, if Chucky goes down and, and um, at any point, you know, I think I'm obligated to play the best player in this program for these kids right here and today. And until somebody proves different that comes into the program, it's it's Daryl Garrettson. And there's, so there's, I'm not sure that, that question can get answered today. Yeah, yeah, Coach, there's something to be said about the fact that your team – I mean, you could have gone two directions. Chucky goes down against BYU last year, and you know you lose a dynamic player, but you you still finish, I believe, seven and one in the Mountain West Conference, and you win a bowl game. What did you say to your team when you knew that Chucky wasn't coming back, and and how was it that they were able to respond so well? Well, again, the credit goes to those kids. There's a there's a tremendous amount of um, pride in that locker room, and. Um, and again, it's it was player driven so much. We just rallied around ourselves. To be quite honest with you, and not, not a whole lot of people loved us at that point. I mean, that was kind of our families and and um, really everybody in the program. And that was about it. And whether it was media, it was um, you know fans, this or that. And and um, you have back to back losses to BYU and to Boise. Things weren't real happy around here. And I'll tell you what, we just kind of internalized everything, and we said let's be 1-0 at the end of this week, and then let's figure out who we play next week. And we found a way to win different um, without Chucky and without a left guard and without a tailback and a wide out and a, and a tight end. I mean, we had five starters eventually go down on offense uh, for the season, and it wasn't just Chucky. And we just we found a way to win different. And, man, I was so, I'm so proud of our our kids for overcoming that adversity and how it all finished up is a direct reflection of, of their mindset more than anything. I see several uh, big games on the schedule, games in which you can definitely prove yourself at Tennessee, you know, at BYU, at Boise State. Does one of those stick out more as a we can uh, get ourselves nationally relevant? Well, I think you, you don't need to look any further than the first game. Yeah. Um, and I'm not trying to be coach speak, but I mean, when you ask that question, to answer to answer it is right out of the gate to get to play in a storied venue as Neyland Stadium and a historically strong SEC program as Tennessee. Tremendous amount of respect for that program over the many years. I mean, that's that's the opportunity we have staring us in the face right now. A number of guys have played at Auburn in SEC country and at Wisconsin. Two games you nearly won, probably should have won. Is it safe to say that a hostile road environment? Will not intimidate your team. Um, well, I you know I don't I don't know I don't I don't foresee that by any means. We have been in some of those venues, and you know what? You can put um, Lavelle Edwards Stadium and Rice Eccles Stadium right there. Those two are just as loud as any of the ones yeah. we've ever been in. And um, our kids have faced that and played played well. But make no mistake about it, we lost those games. And so there are no moral victories or anything that come out of that. Now there's some confidence that we can go in and play in those um, settings against those opponents in those stadiums. There's confidence that we'll play well. But we've got to find a way to make a few plays in the fourth quarter and, and turn one of those over to a win. I've been wondering who won the state championship last year, Coach Wells, because Utah beat both Utah State and BYU. Utah State was the only team to win a bowl game. And then BYU U- – Beat Utah State, but lost Utah. I don't know who the state champ is. Is it the bowl game who winner? Who is it? <laughs> I don't know. You guys are going to have to figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct answer. Yeah. Uh, Matt Wells with us, the head football coach at Utah State, entering his second season. The rivalry with BYU has understandably taken an added meaning within BYU Sports Nation because they're not playing longtime rival Utah over the next few years. Is BYU the rivalry game 
on Utah State's schedule. Yeah, I don't think there's any question because we don't play Utah either this <laughs> yeah. year. <laughs> you know, just, you know, that's a, again, you know, Utah State hasn't won that game since 2010. I mean, we haven't won for three straight years, and I think we understand that. And to continue to make it a rivalry, Utah State needs to win um, before it becomes a rivalry, um, continued rivalry from our standpoint. But uh, a lot of respect for what Coach Mendenhall's done down there with that program each and every year. I mean, continuing the, uh, the bowl game streak and all that stuff, um, I think is, um, you know, I think speaks for itself more than anything. Coach, I know you have joked about being glad to never see Kyle Van Noy again. Which BYU player? I'm not joking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> which which BYU player or players make your blood pressure spike when you prepare for them in 2014? Alani. He's just. A, I mean, the the guy is twitchy. The guy is athletic. Um, you know, I think it's always an underrated secondary. Not from us by any means, but um, they're always solid in the secondary. Great, get great coaching, and and they're always in the right spot. But you know, you look at some of those guys. And it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure I'll have a different perspective of the, you know, the front three um, once we get into the season and they get on tape a little bit. I know I will, but you know, number five stands out a bunch. Utah State and BYU have games scheduled through 2018, starting in 15 and 16. It ends up being later uh, in the season, last regular season game. It looks like is is there a certain part of the season you'd prefer to play BYU? Um. You know, I think that'll be fun to play it, you know, for back-to-back years over Thanksgiving weekend. That'll be a neat, um, you know, season-ending game uh, for us. I'm sure it will for the fans. Um, you know, Thanksgiving weekend and get all the families around and yeah. and uh, play at one of the two venues, um, you know, those two years. I'm, You know, it'll be a short trip. We can have Thanksgiving dinner at home, probably both teams, and um, be able to uh, to strap it on the next day or I guess two days after that. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be a neat, a neat deal to finish the year with. Head coach Matt Wells at Utah State joining BYU Sports Nation. Coach, we appreciate the insight. And I uh, wish you congratulations on the success that your program is enjoying. And uh, look forward to watching Chucky Keaton play. Not so much against BYU because of the, the, the problems he presents, but uh, certainly nice to see that he's going to be back on the field for you this year. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate you having me on. All right, Coach Matt Wells of Utah State. He is a guy that got will, his game face on. he will not back down. I love it. It was like we were. Uh, he's ready to go. He's running out of the tunnel. Like he's he had he had game voice on whatever that is. He's ready to rock. I wasn't joking. I was Al- not joking. Alani Fua too. Interesting that he sees when he looks at BYU's offense and defense. Alani Fua stuck out. Only eight returning starters for Utah State, but one of those is a Heisman Trophy candidate. Yeah, in Chucky, he's King. worth a couple other returning starters. <laughs> he's worth five. More of your responses about what the biggest question mark for BYU football is coming up. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Studio B. We just talked to the head football coach of the Utah State Aggies, Matt Wells. Great information coming out. I I was particularly intrigued by the fact that he's, he's a little bit afraid of Alani Fua. And he used the same word to he describe Alani that he did Kyle Van Noy. You asked him who makes your uh, blood pressure spike. Yeah, not afraid. Yeah. But he said he's Alani twitchy. Fua. Yeah. He's twitchy, which is how he described Kyle Van Noy. That's interesting. Alani Fua can be a good player. Like, a couple of really big interceptions last year for BYU. By the way, we have a podcast. Subscribe to it uh, in, on iTunes. 
uh, BYU Sports Nation. We finally have a downloadable podcast. Awesome. So enjoy the show and listen to it on 2X. Try it. <laughs> at double the speed. Or you can listen to it at normal speed or, or any a, speed for that matter. At Get Highways In Again. You know I know what's up. Tell Speeder, Speeder or that li- listening to President Monson in double time is why technology was created. <laughs> That's oh. a good point. Like reviewing General Conference or whatever. Everyone says they'll just read it later. Hardly anyone does. Uh, listening to it double time, you can do it half are the we, time. Are we that busy that we need to listen to, to General Conference in double the time? It's not, a, it's not about busyness. It's just about consuming it, right? Why do you have to consume it so fast, though? Uh, General Conference at 2X is like 1X for you and I, okay? You know what I'm saying? It's very calculated. The, the, the rhythm is different. Oh, I'm telling you that we run a fast offense here. Yes. Yes, we do. No purchases necessary, no batteries included. What is the biggest be fun question? to listen on 2X. <laughs> what is the biggest question about BYU football? As the team opens camp this week, use the hashtag BYUSN. The biggest que- question now becomes, will you listen to BYU Sports Nation on 2X? No. That's the biggest question, though. It changed. That is the biggest question? It's the biggest. No. Ever? Ever! At Superlatives! At Woo! Tasha Lynn 19 said, how do I, exactly do I bring the rain to get you guys to follow me on Twitter? Tweets, that, tweets that I want to read that, that are interesting and awesome. That could be entertaining. That could be informational. It's mostly informational for me. That's just me, though. I don't know what you like out of Twitter. How about, how about a response in, in regard to the actual question? At Elko Cougar, how quickly can the bevy of new receivers learn the go fast, go hard, and mesh with Taysom? Good we question. read that earlier on, but we didn't have enough time to really get into that. Is, is that not the biggest question in terms of how fast can they really grasp the offense, especially the guys that are coming in for their first year? Or yeah. for one year, if you're Jordan Leslie, he has one year to get this. Yeah, we asked Taysom Hill on BYU Sports Nation if the playbook is more or less complicated in year two, and he said more complicated. I wonder how uh, much they simplify the offense because of the amount of newcomers. Like, those receivers weren't here last year to be able to pick on up on what's going on. So you're right. How quickly can they pick that up and get going? It's not only the playbook. It's the rhythm, cadence, all that with one Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. And Jameer Fredette. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, one month from tomorrow, you know where we'll be? Connect to cut. Countdown to Connecticut. 32 days. Jameer. His New Jersey number is 32 with the Pelicans. 32 days. Yeah, he just tweeted that out. What if we, what, what if we call him Jameer the whole year? Jameer Fredette. He's like, what? Have we been saying it wrong the whole time? Jamal Williams. Yes, Jamal Williams. The <laughs> Oracle. We are, that piece we of are one month away from an actual BYU football game. What happened to the Oracle? I don't know. Where is that guy? I was just told he's dead. Wow. No, he's not. Breaking. The Oracle's dead. (laughs) The Cougar Whip Round hits next. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. About ready to wrap up another edition of BYU Sports Nation. But not before... Regulators mount up! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU's ranked 30th by the Orlando Sentinels College Football Insider, Matt Merchell. Thanks, Matt. Cougars in the PGA. Mike Weir finished tied for 66th at the RBC Canadian Open. Weir finished the tournament two over par. 
men's volleyball. The FIVB World League Gold Medal. It just sounds like that after you do golf. Gold medal match between the USA and Brazil is on NBC Sports Network tonight. I didn't watch the original, so you can watch the rebroadcast. 7 Eastern, watch Taylor Sander win MVP. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Men's basketball. Skylar Halford has been named to the National Association of Basketball Coaches Honors Court. The NABC Honors Court recognizes those student athletes who excelled in academics during the past season. You got a 3-2-8. That's pretty good as an athlete. You're busy. You're on the road. You travel so much. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Future guests. How about David Mills? Our 1984 Wednesdays continue. Thousand yard uh, receiver, tight end, uh, in 84. Celebrating the national championship 30 days. Awesome. Or 30 days. 30 years, that would be. 30 days ago. 30 days later. Also, DetroitLions.com writer Tim Twentyman on Thursday. He will tell us about Kyle Van Noy, his new mission in the Motor City. What's the nickname we ended up uh, deciding? Zion's Lions, Zion's. or is was it, that the, uh, the, the elders, elders of, of defense. defense? That was it, I think. <laughs> we need to remind him of that. We told he he said, "Hey, give me an official n- nickname from your uh, viewers and listeners, and uh, I'll push it." The so elders of defense. Him. The elders of defense. Ziggy Ansa and Kyle Van Noy on draft, ni- on draft night when someone uh, tweeted a picture of those two, like photoshopped as missionaries. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best, man. Oh. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. And it goes to Cody Hoffman in his pursuit of making the Washington Redskins. Apparently had a, a good weekend uh, catching Multiple some. Multiple pull yeah. reports of just playing really, really well yeah. and probably making the 53. I mean, he's got a couple weeks, but watch some preseason football with Cody Hoffman on the Redskins. He's going to get some play in those. He has the size that the Redskins want. And quite frankly, Tallest that they receiver. absolutely need. Tallest receiver on the team right now. So starting strong is a good start for Cody Hoffman. What's the biggest question about BYU football as the team opens camp this week? Let's go to the Twitter machine. you got tweets. At FinDaddy81, David Nixon made me change my opinion. The biggest question is who's going to hold down the defensive line? Interesting question, which we'll have to dive into another day, which is... Yeah, who is going to do that? Does it even matter that much? I don't know. Thanks to David Nixon, Matt Wells, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. The show is on demand on BYUSportsNation.com and on BYUTV.org slash DVR. Download or subscribe to the podcast. It's what it's there for. Jeremy's throwing things to nobody. Shout out to Jeff Nielsen, BYU Sports Nation, back to work tomorrow in beautiful radio vision at noon Eastern on BYU Radio <laughs> and on BYU TV. Sorry, Stephen Enfield. <laughs>